0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with Beans. We have a little bit of a lighter show today. I wanted to start it off with a message to get everybody doing this. Anytime I wake up in the morning and I'm not grounded the right way or if I'm just feeling a little down or if things aren't going exactly the way I'd like them to, I play this clip. Now. Somebody asked, why is that woman, Brian, it was Brian Cates. Why is this woman in the video, guys, for you, all of the, you that are listening, in the video that I'm about to play, there's a woman who's duetting this on TikTok, and she's standing there like she just got out of the shower in a towel. It, that's not what I'm, I'm focused on. I'm focused on what this guy says
1: to this, these people he's counseling. Listen. If I just gave you both a million cash, how would you feel?
2: I would be extremely grateful.
1: Would anybody be able to get you in a bad mood for a little while?
2: Absolutely not.
1: Okay, Deanna, would you agree?
3: I would agree 100%.
1: If I said I'll give you the million, matter of fact, I made it 10 million, but you (laughs) couldn't wake up tomorrow. You're Uh, done, would you take it?
2: Absolutely not.
1: Okay, so what you're both saying is that waking up, just waking up tomorrow, is worth more than $10 million.
2: Mm, that's Halliburton's perspective.
1: And I, that, yep, it is. It well, is worth it. Then the, why ain't you feeling that way every damn time you wake up? <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. I never
4: looked at it that way.
1: Nobody does, dude. That's why we get up and we're all bummed out. We have a bad day and this sucks and that sucks. The world hates me and that's not fair. And I, you know, I can't lose weight because of this reason and I can't get in shape and I can't make money and blah, 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 blah. Guys, we woke up. It's going to be a good day. The question is, is how good is it going to get? And if it doesn't get as good as we want, guess what? Hopefully we wake up the next day.
0: Remember that. If someone offered you 10 million, but you couldn't wake up tomorrow, you would turn that down in a heartbeat to live every day like it's worth more than $10 million. Just a really, really, really good message. Now, into some serious stuff, if you want to call it that. We're going to go over some of what happened with this Fanny Fonny Willis debacle. So, since the hearing, The attorneys, I think it's for Donald Trump, have subpoenaed Nathan Wade's phone carrier and gotten his phone records. And they are damning because they prove he perjured himself, which proves that the relationship started earlier than they're trying to portray it. And there's been a frantic court battle now with filings left and right to try and keep those records out of the public sphere. Well, here's Jim Jordan at CPAC the other day.
5: I'm not sure if... uh jimmy kimmel understood what the title of this uh, conversation is what you talking about willis bonnie <laughs> yeah. willis uh did she get back to you today yeah we said peter not yet um, i just talked Wait, to our is staff. she supposed to get back to you today? yeah she's supposed to get documents well to did us. you
4: hear from her boyfriend
5: we haven't so some i was talking about this in the office and i said i said bonnie wade and it was like a freudian slip you know like i, I bonnie willis and nathan wade so uh uh, no, we haven't heard back from her yet. We'll see what we get from her. But there's a whistleblower in her office who we have talked to, our the committee staff. Yeah, and she, uh, the whistleblower, uh, I think she's like four foot 11, but Fonnie Willis had seven police like escort her out when, when she fired this lady because this lady raised the concern that Miss Willis was not spending federal funds and appro- not following the grant. Uh, the-
0: so we played the audio of this whistleblower on the podcast? She came out and she was saying they were misallocating funds in the DA's office in Fulton County. So Jim Jordan's got her congressionally now. We'll see what happens with that. Citizen Free Press tweeted out the heat map of the calls when they were 12,000 calls. They say 2,073 voice calls, 9,732 text messages, heavy concentration after hours, seven days a week. And this does not identify any personally, any any PID. This does not give out any personally identified information at all. But when they filed back saying, no, you can't use this, they said that Citizen Free Press put out personally identifiable information in their tweet. And Technofog is dis- dissecting her response. They're trying to use calendar entries to like counter what, um. What the phone records show, but she's not using calendar entries from the right dates. They're screwed. Now it's gonna be there's a hearing, I believe, next week. The filings are brutal. They're done. If this judge has anything worth this salt, and I know he's donated to her, <clears throat> this is gonna be this is gonna be all over. I mean, this was back from the 15th when MSNBC was even saying it. The is fool you. This is epic. This is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think uh, Fannie Willis lied to the court, it's game over for... This is gonna... They can't... If they're taken off the case and this case goes that way, the case is over. They're gonna have to transfer it to a different... It's just gonna be over. They're not gonna do it. it and then from what Joe Pags told me when I interviewed with him the day that I listened to this woman blather on for God knows how many hours... Um. The people that pled guilty because they were put between a rock and a hard place or whatever their motivations were, will have all of that expunged. Yeah, it's okay. Thanks. In the chat, they let me know the hearing is Friday. So we'll be watching that for sure. Now, there's a part of this that nobody's talking about. Do you remember about a month and a half ago, the Fulton County government was hacked? <clears throat> well, the FBI got in on it. They were hacked by an organization called LockBit. The FBI's takedown of the LockBit ransomware group last week came as LockBit was preparing to release sensitive data stolen from government computer systems in Fulton County, Georgia. But LockBit is now regrouping and the gang says it'll publish the stolen data on March 2nd unless they're paid a ransom. LockBit claims the cash includes documents tied to the county's ongoing criminal prosecution of former President Trump. But court watchers say teaser documents published by the crime gang suggest a total leak of the Fulton County data could put lives at risk and jeopardize a number of other criminal trials. This is not a good thing. This article's very long and detailed. Goes through the entire thing. They refused to pay the ransom. The FBI got into their servers. Two of their servers, Lockbit servers, using a PHP key that wasn't encrypted. They can't find the dude that runs it. Um, they announced a reward, looking, you know, for 15 million. I, I feel like there are some. Um, there are some people that are, you know, there's child sex cases and stuff going on with victims and they're going to release all that. It's just something to keep your eye on. I'm going to put the link to this article, which is very detailed um, in the show notes so that you guys can see them. If you're watching this on video, the show notes are on Rumble underneath the video in a description. You can also find them at UncoverDC.com at around 2.30 in the afternoon with the post of the show. <clears throat> and if you're watching on a podcasting platform, Or listening. They're all underneath that episode. And then the question came up, like, how did they get these phone records? Well, Trump's lawyer subpoenaed AT&T for the phone records. And under the law, they're not... They couldn't, like, release the content of the text messages that they were sending back and forth. So they asked for the location data, which we've been told can either be used to identify where people are at a certain time or not, depending on who you are. So if you are a, a conservative activist who was exercising their first free speech rights at the Capitol, then cell phone ping data is good. If you are, true the vote, looking at 2,000 mules and you use cell phone data like this, it's it's unreliable. If it can't be used to find people that left bombs, at DNC and RNC headquarters on January 6th. And it absolutely can't be used to show where a special prosecutor who was having sex with the DA was at any time of the day or night. Just to make sure you guys know that. Also, in serious news for today, (laughs) if you want to call it that, Ronna McDaniel officially announces her resignation from the RNC effective March 8th so that they can elect a new chair I'm not gonna share my personal thoughts on this because I don't agree. Well, I'm sharing them right now, aren't I? I think she should go. She needs to go. She's terrible. But I wanted to share, obviously, President Trump won the South Carolina primary. I told everybody there was no way on God's green earth that Nikki Haley would win that. We hate her here, all of us. She's terrible. I went out and voted against Nikki Haley this week. There was a massive turnout in this primary election, like 700,000 people. That is big for a primary. And Donald Trump gave his victory speech. And there are two people in this state that I have talked about at length, Lindsey Graham and Drew McKissick. You guys have heard my stories about what happened to me with the Republican party in South Carolina. Drew McKissick is the chair of the Republican party in South Carolina. Listen to this rousing reception from the crowd at the Trump victory speech.
1: We have a man who's done a really good job in the state, your South Carolina GOP chair, Drew McKissick. Thank you. Thank you. We have a highly opinionated group of people. I'll tell you, they turned very positive on you very quickly, Elizabeth. We have a man who's done a really good job.
0: Everybody loves uh, Drew McKissick, see? It looks like there was about an 8% turnout from the Dems for Nikki Haley. So 8% of her votes came from Democrats. And let's now listen to what they did to Lindsey Graham, another loved and cherished senator here in our state.
1: Another man, not a lot of people know him. He doesn't do too much television. He happens to be a little bit uh, further left than some of the people on the stage. <laughs> but I always say, when I'm in trouble on the left, I call up Lindsey Graham and he straightens it out so fast. Uh, and I'll tell you no, 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 no. Remember, remember. What, Him. He's a good man. Come up here, Lindsay. Come up here, Lindsay. Come here.
0: Can I ask a question? Let's just let's just throw this out there, okay? I'm just curious. It's just a question. Seven hundred thousand people, whatever. Trump won sixty percent of that. Obviously, they're massive Trump fans. Obviously, every single time. He brings Lindsey Graham out. He gets the same reception from South Carolinians. Who's voting for for Lindsey? Who's voting for Lindsey Graham? And why? Why can't we primary Lindsey Graham? Hmm? Why can't we get rid of Lindsey Graham if nobody likes Lindsey Graham? Because. Lindsey Graham brings money to the RNC and Drew McKissick is the RNC in South Carolina. And the two of them are peas in a damn pod. And anytime someone tries to primary Lindsey Graham in South Carolina, Drew McKissick fights against the person and, and breaks RNC rules and nobody ever holds them accountable. And then when people like me come along to try and do that, we get destroyed. That's just how it works. Just saying. All right. Now, that's the heavy news section. I've got news still. I've still got news. But we're going to lighten it up a little bit again. We're going to get some chuckles in for a Monday. Okay? Watch this kid. Guys, if you're listening on audio podcast, it might be a little hard to hear. But I've got a couple kids. This is the future of our country. This is the future. This is the future. This little kid is living on a farm. He's got a whole lot of chores when he gets home. He has a lot of work to do. There's a bunch of videos of him. He's cute as ever. Here he is.
3: Just I don't, do not you hear me? I'm not, I'm quakey, I'm tired. I worked mm-hmm. hard at school, okay? All right, so what? You don't want me to mess with you tonight? No, I'm
4: quakey, I'm tired,
1: I
3: worked hard at school. You're not going to wrestle anymore? here in a little bit? Well, may, maybe. Oh. Perhaps I'm getting cranky and
1: tired. I've already got everything fed and watered. Yeah, I know. I already got the eggs. I did your job because I knew you was tired.
3: I'm tired. I worked hard at school.
1: I get that. I worked hard today, too. I don't know why you're so cranky.
3: I worked hard at school. I worked hard at work, but I'm not as cranky as you.
1: see how she's doing okay but then you come right back because we're going in early tonight we're going to get our stuff done and we're going to bed early yeah
3: i know i'm getting a bath
1: tonight
0: he's learning how to he's learning how to take care of himself his parents are good parents very good parents which brings me to this next one now a while back i played this this kid is amazing I'm gonna play it again because it's that good. I want you to hear him talk about his tractor. Just listen to this.
3: That's the tractor.
5: That's your Ninth- tractor?
3: Yep, I own this. One. 1970, I think. Uh
5: huh. I'll run her. She runs.
0: She runs? Yeah. She cold start? No, I ran
3: her today. I'm playing no around. How'd you buy that? I bought it for 30 bucks. 30 bucks? Dollars. Yes. 35 bucks. You found a deal. I found it off my Uncle Tim. I got new tires and the same new new carburetor. See. Oh, I repainted that. Repainted the cover over here. And the moment I adjustment, I hold my hip pins on is what I hold with it. Lights don't work, but it's it's old as heck. It's old as Sam. the hood's not in too bad a shape. Um, as for the moment, the belts, we got new belt we got a, we got new belts on the thing. Not at all. I put more into this tractor than the, the on thing is worth about pretty much. <laughs> it's so okay. Well
0: that's
3: gonna be the end of that.
0: There he is, right? There is the tractor kid. Everybody wants to have a tractor kid in their family. Well, he's back. Tractor kid is back. Here he is at the tractor convention, talking to the salespeople here about their new tractors.
1: You tobacco
3: before? Oh, uh, it was like an actual backhoe, like the one over there, but okay. it was a cat. It, it ran pretty nice. Okay. Is that a bit bigger one? What? Is that a bit bigger? Is that the same well, that's size? That's a
1: 4075 back there.
3: So yeah. that's 75 horse?
1: That's 75 horse, that's a new model. Just come out with back in the fall.
3: Oh, that's, that, that, that'd That be a nice machine to have, 75 oh, yeah, it's got a nice price
1: tag on too,
3: More around $50,000. Oh, that's throw me out of the seat. I like that it's got stabilizers, so if you're digging something really hard, you don't tip you don't one turn way. Over,
4: well,
1: the
3: thing about getting in it is, this is a little bit in your way. If it was over here, I'd... I'd no, it,
4: I can see that.
3: Yep. And those pedals are also a little bit, but I like all the places all to put the stuff. To
1: put your gadgets in.
3: Yeah, and put your cup holder. Your sweet you tea. Put, oh, I Do like, you like sweet tea? Yep. I like that you got a nice big beefy it's front axle. Good bulky action. axle. Yeah, but... yeah. So how how many pounds is this tractor roughly?
1: Tractor weight, or how much can it pick up?
3: How, how, how much can it pick up?
1: You're probably looking somewhere around 2,200 pounds.
3: Wow, that's that's, that's a lot that's of. That's a pe-
1: lot of weight, isn't it?
3: I could lift some big rocks with that. Oh yeah, definitely. Nice big old bucket.
1: big gave you material bucket.
3: <laughs> it's just great.
0: This is what our future will be if we keep, if we keep doing, this is just, oh, it's just beautiful that this is why I'm, sh- your perspective is now changed. There are kids out there like that. And there are many of them, many of them. Now we need, To put more focus on those kids and elevate them. And elevate them. Speaking of which, (laughs) I'm going to keep it positive here. Wait. I have down here somewhere towards the end. Here it is. King Randall. I've been talking about him. I've talked about him a bunch of times on the podcast. He started a prep school for boys in Georgia, in his hometown in Georgia. He teaches them everything. He teaches them life skills. Um, they come from single parent households. Most of them are are, are you know young black boys. Um, and they go there and they live there and they learn how to build and they learn how to uh, change tires and change oil and farm and shoot and all the things. And he posted a video of him teaching his students what they should do when they get pulled over. They're young kids. They're younger, you know. Probably, I would say between eight and fifteen, maybe a little older. I'm not. I'm not exactly positive. But he's teaching them how to deal with a police officer when they get pulled over, and if they think that they're right, to then go and and challenge the ticket in court. And the responses that he got, he he has been battling for like a week because a lot of people that are of his same race are telling him that kids should be arguing with the cops and he basically said listen for you all you people that say you're afraid of the cops you're surely not acting like it let's listen to a little bit of this video of king randall explaining to these young boys how to deal with police officers when they get pulled over
1: how you doing sir doing good first thing i want to do is already have my stuff ready okay yes sir you don't want to get to the the freaking car and when he gets to the car you got to go fumbling around looking for stuff right yes sir why don't why don't we want to fumble around looking for stuff Exactly. they're going to feel unsafe you understand yes sir. So regardless of whether they should or shouldn't feel unsafe that makes somebody feel unsafe you fumbling around because things happen right yes, sir. so when they get there the first thing you want to do is already have your license ready and have your hands on the steering wheel you understand yes sir have your hands on the steering wheel why because
3: before they don't think you
1: reach for nothing so you're not reaching for stuff right yes, yes sir all right cool and another thing i want to do I'm going to let all my windows down, okay? I ain't got nothing to hide, right? Yes, sir. So I'm going to let all my windows down in the car. And if it's nighttime, I'm going to turn the car light on so everybody, so he can see everything in the car, right? Yes, sir. They're so attacking
0: him for this. So. So
3: you
1: you trying-
3: They're
0: attacking him for this. These young boys have learned more in the brief time they've been with this man than they probably would have ever learned before. Ever. Thank you for the rumble rant, Professor Dave. It's very greatly appreciated. Professor Dave says, I got a good laugh at the booing of Drew. I totally thought of you and your experience with that swamp monster. Yeah, he is a swamp monster. Anyway, this is, this is, he is getting slammed in the chat. You should teach them that they don't have to tell him their name. Yeah, in the real world, that never, I, I get it, I understand, but there's more. So he's been basically on a rampage saying, why, why? Why are you all attacking me? They were also attacking him for teaching kids how to change oil, teaching kids how to um, shoot a gun properly with, with gun safety and, and illegal. This is just, like Janet in the chat says, this is just common sense for anyone who gets pulled over. 100%, it has nothing to do with the color of your skin. But the reason why I show you that is a segue into this. It's interesting. This gentleman here dr roland fryer was a harvard professor he was a tenured professor who did a massive study into police shootings and whether or not there was a racial bias in those shootings listen to what happened to him and again we started off the show talking about perspective and your reality listen
2: i collected a lot of data we collected millions of observations on uh, everyday use of force that wasn't lethal. We collected thousands of observations on lethal force. And, and it, it was in this moment in 2016 that I realized yes. people lose their minds when they don't like the result. So what my paper showed, you'll see tomorrow, uh, like some of you, uh, was that, yes, we saw some bias in the low-level uses of force, everyday pushing up against cars and things like that. People seem to like that result. But we didn't find any um, uh, racial bias in police shootings. Now, that was really surprising to me because I expected to see it. The little-known fact is I had eight full-time RAs that it took to do this over nearly a year. When I found the surprising result, I hired eight fresh ones and redid it to make sure. They came up with the same exact answer, and I thought it was robust. And then I went to go give it, and my God, all hell broke loose. It was a 104-page dense academic economics paper with a 150-page appendix, okay? It was posted for four minutes when I got my first email. This is full of shit, doesn't make any sense. And I wrote back, how'd you read it that fast? (laughs) That's amazing, you are a genius. And I had colleagues take me into to the side and say, don't publish this, you'll ruin your career. Mm. I said, what are you talking about? I said, what's wrong with it? Do you believe the first part? Yes. Do you believe the second part? Well, it's the issue is they just don't fit together we like the first one, but you should publish the, the second one another time. I said, let me ask this. If the second part about the police shootings, this is a literal conversation, I said to them, if the second part uh, showed bias, do you think I would should publish it then? And they said, yeah, then it would make sense. And I said, I guarantee you I'll publish it. We'll see what happens. So it was, it was you know, I, I lived under, under um police protection for about 30 or 40 days i had a seven day old daughter at the time i remember going and shopping for because you know when you have a newborn you think you have enough diapers you don't so i i was going to the grocery store to get diapers with the armed guard It was.
0: think about this for a second for so long the perspective the information that's been shown to People and the perspective they have of it has fed a division in this country, the likes of which we've never seen before, because they want to keep us fighting with one another. When someone takes a look at the data and takes a different perspective from it, the people that have ingrained themselves in the narrative that we should all be fighting with one another all the time get very angry. He has to live with police protection. Because he's going to publish a study based on real data that he duplicated with different groups of very talented researchers that shows that police officers do not shoot black people disproportionately. And you can't have that come out. You can't have that come out. Because what will happen? People's perspective may change. Which will then change their reality. The reality that... Maybe that cop is not out to kill me. How would that one little change in perspective ripple out across the entire country? How would that change things? Just that one little thing. That's why I said think about it when it comes to propaganda. Your reality is built off of the perspective that you have of events And like someone in the chat said about the door experiment, both are right. The person sitting on the bench saw somebody disappear into thin air. The person running the experiment saw that person jump over a wall and hit a remote control button. Who's right? Both people are right. Both people are right. This professor's name is Dr. Roland Fryer look this up and, and read more into it. It's really something, really, really something. Um, just, it, it's, it's, it, it's very simple, and it just takes another moment of time for us to make that change. Just another second of time to make that change. Same thing is happening with Libs of TikTok right now, where the entire news media has come out and told everybody that she's responsible for death and bomb threats They propagandized a young teenager's death. And I'm not happy that that young teenager died. It's very, very sad. We still don't know exactly how. But the way that they're shaping the reality that a lot of people are experiencing is causing discontent. It's causing libs of TikTok to get hate mail, death threats, etc., because they don't wanna lose their narrative and they want reality to be something that they perceive it as. Just perception is so important. So I, like today, I'm saying out, like I'm saying to all of you guys, just take another minute. Remember that you are creating your own reality using your perception. And perhaps we focus on something other than how am I going to say this the right way spend a few more minutes focusing on some positive things in your reality and then spend a few more minutes trying to figure out if your perception is correct in your gut or not or if there might be some other way to look at it and we might be able to make some change. This is interesting to me. This is another little random video. Now, I don't think this man did this, but this is what's going on all over the country. And I can tell you that this actually does happen because it happened to me. It happened to me. This actually happened to me. I had my house in New York. Um, I moved down here. Somebody rented the house that I owned to somebody else and was collecting a lease payment from them every month. And I had to go through ridiculous nonsense to get them out. It's a long story, but this actually happens. Let's watch this real quick.
5: we got a free house in Portland, Oregon and how you can too. So the first thing I did was find a vacant house that somebody was trying to rent. Next, I looked up how to break into a lockbox without using force. Thanks YouTube. Next, I forged some documents. This made it look like I had a lease agreement and I called the utility companies and had the utilities put in my name. I'm not going to pay them, but they don't know that. When the owner showed up, I politely explained that this was my house now, and they need to leave. So they call the police, and I show them my lease agreement and the utility bills, and they tell the owner that this is a civil matter, and they've got to sue me. This made the owner super angry, so she lawyers up and tries to evict me. Of course, I can't afford a lawyer, so I call up a tenant advocacy group who gives me a lawyer that's 100% free and funded by taxpayers. So my out-of-pocket is still zero dollars so this lawyer fights on my behalf for months and months really driving the owner crazy and costing her tens of thousands of dollars finally the owner decided it would be cheaper to just give me a chunk of cash to leave rather than continue paying the lawyer so she writes me a check for 10k and i move out i didn't even have to clean the place up and that's a good thing because i do a lot of drugs and the house looks every bit of it still no thank you note for aerating the walls but whatever So I just got nine months of free rent in a house that otherwise would have cost me three grand a month, plus a nice cash for keys check. And I wasn't even charged with anything. I always thought that stealing was wrong, but it turns out if you steal a house, it's not even against the law here. So this couldn't have worked out any better. Thanks, Portland.
0: Now, I don't think that man actually did any of those things. But people do this every single day. The tenant laws are such that you cannot get somebody out of your house. In that that was it's just true that's just what happens that's just what happens we're gonna get a little random and jump around a little bit here because i had a lot of stuff from the wednesday show last week that i wanted to put in here at the end and i didn't get a chance to hit so this is why i am so glad that my daughter decided not to go to college
4: millennials let me know if you guys have had this shared experience Do you remember when we were like 18 years old and a bunch of adults sat us down and they were like, hey, congrats, kid, you got into Pyramid Scheme University. And we were like, nice, this is what we've been dreaming of our whole lives because of what you told us our dreams are. And they were just like, yeah, it's going to be dope. It's just it's going to be a bunch of money. But you listen, you just take out a loan. No big deal. You pay it off over time. And we were like, a loan? What even is that? And they're just like, didn't we teach you about that? And we were like, no, no, not once. And they were like, ah, that was probably a miss. And then we graduated college, and we were like, "Oh, hey, yeah, that loan—that was like a lot of money." And the job I'm, the jobs I'm looking at are for like forty thousand dollars a year, and like, I don't really think that's enough money to like pay off this. Uh, can I just not? And they're like, "No, no, no, you, you will, or it'll destroy you financially." Um, but here's the thing, kid: just make the minimum payments. All right, you're gonna, you're gonna make more money over time, and you'll be fine. And then we made the minimum payments for a couple of years. And the balance came down like like $7, and they were like, oh, it's because of the interest, but that just melts off. It like it's baby fat. That'll just come off. Don't worry about it over time. Just keep making the payments. And then over time, uh, we were just like, hey, this balance doesn't seem to be coming down. Also, I haven't applied anything I learned in college to what I'm doing right now, and I probably don't even need it on my resume at this point. And they were just like, yeah, that's weird, man, but don't. Just keep paying it.
0: The Higher education system in the United States crashed when the government got involved. I'll give you a crash course really quickly. The government started giving guaranteed or the government started getting involved in loans, guaranteed loans, making banks give guaranteed loans to 17-year-olds who have no income and no way to pay them back. The colleges said, ooh, they can pay whatever tuition we want because they're getting guaranteed loans. So they all hiked their tuition there is no competition amongst colleges anymore for anything because they're all allowed to charge whatever they want because they're guaranteed to get, a, this is what caused the entire crisis. And you go into college and come out and you don't use a damn thing that you learned in college. You don't, I said this, you pick four, four fields you think you are interested in. You get an internship in each one of those. While you do that, I support you as though you're going to college. You have all your bills taken care of. You can get a paid internship. Great. We can put some money towards your rent or your board. Fantastic. Then if you think you like something that you've been trying, then you start to, 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 to try and get a job there and they've trained you. Maybe they'll send you to college if you want to go. If not, you just saved yourself a few hundred thousand dollars and you're starting your career at 21 instead of 30. Instead of 30. All your friends are partying it up in their 20s, racking up tons of debt, taking out student loans to pay for their everyday expenses. Get out of college. How many videos have you seen of people crying that they can't make ends meet at the job they're in, etc., so on and so forth? She was gonna go and she changed her mind. Because it's just, it's a racket. The whole thing is a racket No employer is like, let me see your degree. Very few. You can learn anything on your own nowadays. You can learn so much more in real world application at a place. Even if you know nothing. If you go in starting with exactly zero knowledge about accounting. And you get an internship at an accounting firm. And they teach you. It's really something. Really something. What else? Oh, this one. All right, chat. Chat, get ready. Get ready for this. We're going to end with this today, I think. Might be a little bit of a... Um, well, before we do that, let's play some Jim Brewer comedy. How's that? <laughs> and then we're going to get into the guys versus the girls. How the girls think how versus how the guys think. And I would love to have a caller or two call in to talk to me about this. So get your dialing fingers ready. If you're probably either men or man or woman, doesn't matter. Let me pull up Skype so we get ready for it. We'll take a call on this one because this, this is gonna be um, super interesting. But here's Jim talking about COVID, funny as hell as always. Let's just play this.
1: So I moved to, um, I moved to uh, Florida. I lived in New Jersey. Yeah, and I just moved to Florida. Yeah. 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 Woo!
3: Woo! yeah.
1: Woo! A lot of refugees there. <laughs> One of them, like, oh my god, oh my god. I can take this off? Yeah, it's your choice. Oh my god, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, our Lord, for existing. I'm sorry I doubted you. (laughs) (laughs) You mean, do I have to? (laughs) No, it's your choice. Oh my god! Oh my god! You forget what 2018 was like.
6: <laughs>
1: Before we had to sneak around for a haircut. Remember that?
3: <laughs>
1: hey man, has your sister still got hair? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll meet her in the back of the garage. I'll give her cash right? <laughs> for
6: Discussing.
3: This is for our safety. Inside and watch the news.
0: I don't even need to comment on it. It's so good. So true. All right, men, women. I'm going to play this clip. This is a young girl explaining why your girlfriend dumped you. There's gonna be some contention about this, but I want you to listen
7: very carefully to what she says. Ready? Here we go. If you're a boy who has ever been dumped by your girlfriend for seemingly no apparent reason, and you're looking for answers, this is what happened. Okay, this is you guys. You guys are in a happy relationship, and now all of a sudden, you have one simple fixable problem. For this example, we're going to use no good morning texts. And then your girlfriend who loves you, she's really happy with you, she comes to you and she tells you, she's like, Hey, do you think we could start doing good morning texts? Like it'd mean a lot to me if you text me good morning. So you, her loving boyfriend, agree to give her good morning texts, but something happened. And for whatever reason you stopped giving her good morning texts. So now we have a bigger problem. She now thinks that you don't care enough about her to send her good morning texts, even though she asked. But she's going to be like, you know what? This is still kind of a small problem. I'm just going to remind him. She reminds you. You're like, oh my gosh, that's right. I did agree to that. Okay, I will text you good morning. Unfortunately, though, you didn't follow through again. Now we have confirmed that you do not care enough to text her good morning, even though this is a simple, fixable problem. This is now a big problem. So now your girlfriend, who has never picked fights before in her life, starts picking a bunch of little fights about all these different things because she believes that you do not care enough. Through all of these picking fights with you though, she still loves you and likes you enough to want to be with you, even though you guys have all these little problems now. Until one day these become unattractive to her. She's gonna realize that all of these little things that you do, That remind her that you don't care about her enough are unattractive and so now the problem is not these things it's not even that you don't care enough it's not even that she never got good morning texts it's that she literally does not like you anymore does not like you now unfortunately she has to break up with you and then you're going to ask her why and she's going to list out all the reasons why she has to break up with you and you are going to say no you should not break up with me because of those reasons because from now on i am going to do all of these things and you will never have to worry about me never doing these things again because i'm going to do them every single day but remember it doesn't even matter if you were to do all of these things anymore because the problem now is that she's unattracted to you and just simply does not like you anymore And now she's gonna go move on with her life and you're gonna go and tell your friends that you got dumped by absolutely no reason and that you guys all hate her and that she's crazy for dumping you over something so simple. When in reality, she never dumped you at all. This was a slow moving process that eventually led to the final reason and you weren't dumped. You probably actively chose not to give her what she said she needed. And now you guys, you guys aren't together anymore.
0: Now, everybody is saying all that you know, it's not the good morning text. That's just the example she used. It's the fact that whoever this imaginary man is didn't, it could be anything. It could be, it could be, um, helping with the groceries or, you know, just not, I don't know there's any number of things. Take the, the the very cheesy good morning text out of it, okay? Although it does, for a woman, if, I would never ask somebody to text me good morning every morning, but if they, if if that's something that I wanted to say good morning to you in the morning time, and then my, my boyfriend was like, no, uh, yeah, that's great, I'll do it, and then doesn't do it, and then you remind them, hey, we were supposed to, you know, you, oh, let's do, let's use this. Please text me when you get somewhere so that I know you got there safely. And then every time your man goes out, he goes wherever he's going and he doesn't respond to you when you ask him to. And you're like, can you just respond to me when you get somewhere so I know that you got there safe? And he doesn't. Or call me when you get home. Or don't go to this bar because I don't like it, you know, the people there. It's it's a bad place. And then they keep doing it anyway. You're going to think as a woman, women, I'm sorry, it's just true. He doesn't care enough about me to respect my feelings about X thing. That's what you're going to think. So it's not about the fact that he, quote, disobeyed you. It's about the fact that you think that he doesn't respect you enough or like or care about what you say enough to do X thing. It can always, someone has said this can be the breakdown of a marriage. A hundred percent. Now, I was having this conversation with my husband and I said, I've never experienced this with you. I really, truly haven't ever experienced something like this with him where I tell him, like, this is really important to me. Can, Can we do this? And he said yes, and then just blatantly disregarded everything we talked about. He's an amazing man. You can't clone him. He's amazing. I'm blessed beyond measure to have an amazing husband. I'm sure many of you out there have one too. But this chain of events is 100% how it works. Because to a woman, it's not just, oh, that's a dumb request that he didn't follow or he didn't listen to. It's, he doesn't care about me. Men would never understand this. And that's the real problem. A man is like, okay, they don't look into things like this. They don't look into it deeper. They take it at the very surface level, which is, I wish. I have this with my husband all the time. Sometimes we'll get into a little tiff and I'll tell him you're doing this because blah, 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 blah. Like thinking 18 steps ahead to what he's really trying to accomplish. And he'll look at me and he'll be like, I'm not that smart. I do not think that far ahead. And women do. Women think, okay, well, he's not doing this because blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the day, it's because he wants to do this. In men world, in men brain, which I would argue is so much more efficient than woman brain. I really, really wish sometimes that I could think like a man. I really do. Men don't do that. Men are just like, I don't feel like it. It has nothing to do with her. It has nothing to do with the fact that you don't care about what she said. You just don't think about it. So see, Jersey girl, my husband wouldn't put the kitchen sponge back in the holder. It could be as simple as, can you please remember to put the kitchen sponge back in the holder? I don't like it to sit in the sink and get wet and, more, and, and, and you know bacteria and whatever, please. And the husband just never does it, just doesn't do it every single day. Just leaves the freaking sponge in the damn sink. And you're sitting there like, does he not care about me? at all that he will not pick this sponge up and just put it in the holder. It's a simple request. Just pick the sponge up out of the damn sink and put it in the holder. It makes my life easier. If you could just please put the sponge back in the holder and the man just goes about his day. Doesn't say to himself, I'm going to leave this sponge in the sink just to piss her off. He just doesn't care that much. And that's how it trickles downstream. That's how it trickles down. So if you want... I'm going to give it a minute. I'll give you the number. Call in with your story. Call in with your experience. The number is 803-580-5165. Give me your example of a... See, in in an early relationship, this kind of a thing over a period of two, two months or so is enough for a woman to say, that's not my thing. I'm not dealing with that. Now, no man is perfect. And I think in this scenario, you're kind of being a little unreasonable. She picked a dumb example, but... Yes. Buddy baby boy says we lose respect for him. A hundred percent. Yes. If you ask a simple thing and your boyfriend or significant other refuses to grant you one simple thing, you're eventually going to think as a woman, he just doesn't care about me. He doesn't respect me. He doesn't care about my needs, my wants. And this will inevitably happen. I... Probably am guilty of doing this kind of a thing more than my husband. Can you please not? Let me think of something. I'm sure I've done something. Not on purpose. I'm I'm not as clean as my I'm not a I'm not as tidy, I should say, as my husband is. My husband is very tidy, very, very orally, um, orderly. The number, again, is 803-580-5165. He's very orderly. He's very neat, tidy, and orderly. I am a tornado in a room. When I walk into the room after the show, I change. I throw my clothes on the floor. I'm not that orderly. Pr- it's just not me. He said after a while, you just had to learn to live with it because he's not going to change me. Now, after he said that, I try. I, I'm much, much better now. Um, much, much better. Frank, I really, Frank Punisher Castle's in the chat. He leaves nasty comments on every single podcast I do about how much he doesn't like me and how bad I am at everything. So I'm really curious why he's even here. I would love it if he could stop watching. I divorce bad customers. Frank Punisher Castle, I'm divorcing you. I want you to go away. I don't want you here anymore. You're not allowed. You're divorced. You're divorced. I don't need you to be watching the show and making nasty comments in my chat. I don't need you to be watching the show and making nasty comments underneath it. I've read enough of them. I get it. You don't like me. Go away. Like, why are you still here? Do you get off on this or something? Seriously. Like, that's got to be what it is. I mean, I don't want to be that material for you. I really don't. So that's my message to you loud and clear right here on air. If you want to call again, the number is 803-580-5165 and you can call in. So if you guys see, um, there's like a, a cadre of people that like to like create all different accounts. We figured out exactly how many there are and then post nasty stuff under all my videos thinking that like they're doing something cool or fashionable and it's just really stupid and, and immature and babyish. It's like if I don't like something, I just watch something else. Like, I turn it off and I say, it's not for me. And I watch something else. Here's a call. Good morning.
6: Hi, Tracy. How you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say.
6: Um, About the thing with telling our guys, like, what we need to take care of, like, you know, the small dumb things, but can really contribute i have a, a bit of a story for that
0: oh please do yes
6: <laughs> um <clears throat> this was both with my husband and my daughter actually i was they were both putting and this is just maybe it's just me but they were putting their towels in with the rest of the laundry oh, and disgusting. i don't like getting in with the rest of the laundry because we get mildewy and gross it can make the other rest of the laundry smell weird and i'm just like please if you're gonna you know put your towels somewhere else, put them right next to the laundry basket. And I put it next to the basket and I showed them where to put it. And I said, can you put it here? Because if you put it in with your laundry, it can make your laundry smell. And it just is just easier on mommy. And now they both, I don't, I don't have to ask them anymore. I don't have to point it out to them. They both put their towels next to the laundry basket for me to deal with it. And I feel like when I communicate the reason why with them, they're much, much more receptive as opposed to when I just ask them to do something. If that makes any sense.
0: It does actually, and I don't think that the girl in this scenario was mature enough to say, "Hey, the reason why I want good morning texts is because it makes me feel like you know it starts my day off great. It makes me feel happy. I love talking to you." I doubt that happened, which to your point is probably why we got to this point. So more communication is a hundred percent. I agree with you on the towels. My husband is the same way. He's like, separate the damn towels from the actual clothes.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thank- and um, I love you. I love your content. And don't let the trolls get you down. Oh, I love amazing, you. You're t- amazing. You're good at what you do. And keep up the great work.
0: Thank you so much. I love you, too. And thanks for calling. I like I like it. It's good stuff. Thank you Have so much. Have a good one. Bye. That's... that's- A happy ending to the show today. A happy ending. Clear communication is the answer to the problem, I think. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30, streaming live on Rumble, Getter, and on X, and also on audio platforms at 2.30 Eastern Time, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. On Wednesday, we are going to have a special guest from the gender ideology section of things Gabrielle Clark will be joining the show, and she's going to tell us how she saved her daughter from the trans cult and how she's helping other parents to do so. That'll be Wednesday morning. Great show for you guys. I'm excited about it. And uh, we will see you then. God bless. And remember, perspective, guys. Perspective. Love you all.